What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? It's time to dominate your fantasy league. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. And the HN train. I can't really say train anymore. The nickname is gone. The HN episode begins. The Tank Dell episode begins. The Josh Palmer, Quentin Johnston episode begins. Welcome to your waiver wire, Tuesday of week four. And we've got some pretty enticing players to pick up, and some of them are going to be available in a lot of leagues. You know, it's not going to be, oh, I can't get any of those guys. Oh, you can get Josh Palmer in a lot of leagues. And there are some other options as well, maybe some quarterbacks. Maybe you want to go with Andy Dalton this week. Welcome, everybody. I'm Adam Azer with Jamie Eisenberg and Dave Richard. Jamie, how is the waiver wire looking for week four? Um, it looks okay. You know, there's there's a few high-end options. It's very top-heavy. And as you alluded to, a lot of the players that we're going to talk about are probably rostered in most of the competitive 12 team leagues, but there are going to be some of these guys available. Uh, I, I do think it's a bad waiver wire week for running backs, but whenever I see that I'm excited because it means there's less injuries that we're having to deal with and less guys that are expected to miss time of the players that we typically talk about. So that's a positive sign, but yes, uh, Devon eight Chan yeah. and, Tank Dell, Nathaniel Dell, and the two Chargers guys, and some other players that will, I think, be of interest to fantasy managers are certainly going to be commanding a lot of fab for this week. Well, let's take a look at the big news that's going to influence the waiver wire. Jimmy Garoppolo is in the concussion protocol. They are at the Chargers this week. Derek Carr is week-to-week with a shoulder injury, and it's revenge game for Jameis Winston if he is, in fact, the starter, which seems likely this week against Lots of revenge games Tampa Bay. Week. All right, what are our revenge games? Who's seeking revenge? You got Jameis taking on the Bucks. You got Thielen taking on the Vikings. You have Ezekiel Elliott taking on the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. You have uh, the the biggest one of all to me is Michael Hardman taking on the Chiefs. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I think I'm missing one. Um, Floyd Aluakon taking on the Falcons. Oh, there damn. Look at that. In there London. Oh, Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley taking on the Falcons. Oh, okay. That's good. That's good. Oh, yeah, that guy too. 
um, I just realized I realized that uh, I forgot to give my wife the car keys and she has to take the kids to school right now. So I might have to jump out for about 30 seconds. Our other uh, Mike Williams is out for the season. Saquon Barkley hopes to play. David Montgomery was listed as limited. They That was an estimate. They have a Thursday game and Debo Samuel hurt his ribs at the very end of that game on Thursday. So he came back in, but he's sore and we'll take a look at that. Um, all right. I'm going to hop off for just a second. Dave, who are your top three waiver wire priorities? And I will be RB. So Devon A. Chan is at the top of the list for obvious reasons. Tank Dell after that. And then if, you, if you're good at wide receiver, I think Quentin Johnson is the one you add over Josh Palmer. Ahead of Palm, ahead of Marvin Mims, ahead of Luke Musgrave. I just think that there's more long-term potential. I think he's a little bit more of a special receiver than Josh Palmer is. Should, should we spend the rest of this time talking about Adam? <laughs> no. Uh, no. I, I think you, you're ah, right. So you know, a lot of people are going to ask about Johnston versus Palmer and who to add first. And obviously Johnston, I think, makes the most sense if you don't need somebody immediately. But, you know, Palmer is going to get the – they're both going to play, you know, so that's the first thing we should say. Is I, I think play. so, yes. Um, but this is also still an offense, despite losing Mike Williams, that still has a lot of mouths to feed. And I think this is a boost for Gerald Everett. I think you'll get clearly more passes in the direction of the running back when Austin Eckler's back. But in terms of the two receivers not named Keenan Allen – Josh Palmer's played at least 57% of the snaps for three games in a row. Quinn Johnson's been at 27% of the snaps or less in all three games, and he just has not been used. But clearly, as we see, and what we talked about this offseason was, he needed probably an injury to get an opportunity to be a prominent fantasy option. So uh, as Dave alluded to, his top three guys are the same for me in in what your needs might be. So it's A-Chan, Tank Dell, and Johnston, if you don't need a receiver, if you do need a receiver, though, I would put Palmer over Palmer. Johnston sure. if you're just looking for some immediate help. But right. I had somebody ask me yesterday, like, oh, I lost Mike Williams and both guys are available. I'm just going to put bids on both. And I was like, you know what? If you can get them both just to see what happens, if you have the the fab to spend and, and the roster spots sure. to carry just to see, look, they're going to throw the ball a ton. And as we saw last week, both three receivers can be successful in this offense. You know, we, we, we can get that type of production. Oh, he's back, Jamie. I can't believe you said those things about him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it was so I just want to bring this up because this reminds me a little bit of Jerome Ford and his brutal schedule, right? He had these three, his Tennessee, which we obviously had, and then I think Baltimore, San Francisco in some order. Uh, if you look at the Chargers right now, and this one, I don't put as much stock into this as I do Jerome Ford. I just want to throw that out there. But they get Las Vegas this week. Then they have a bye. And then... Five of their next six matchups for the Chargers wide receivers are against teams that are currently top 10 against wide receivers and fantasy points allowed. You know, ten, so they're tough matchups. They're Dallas, but is Dallas tough anymore? I don't know. Uh, Kansas City, Detroit, are they tough? That's debatable. They weren't good against Seattle. Those are really the only good fantasy receivers they've played. And Green Bay. So a bye week, then Dallas and, and Kansas City, then Detroit, then Green Bay. On paper, it is a very difficult schedule. I don't know that I buy it, but I do need to bring that up for the Chargers guys. Well, I'm going to well, guess the the Cowboys game, Kellen Moore is calling 55 plays, pass plays right. in that matchup uh, <laughs> in his revenge game. And we already saw Green Bay miss one game with Jair Alexander, not, or have one game with Jair Alexander not playing. You know, So that, I think, reshapes that secondary if he's in and he's out. 
Uh, so yeah, I wouldn't put much stock into that. And, and to even the guy you brought up, Jerome Ford had a brutal matchup and still gave you great fantasy production, you know? So even though we can still get a bad matchup on paper and, and some of the production, clearly the rushing yards were not good for Jerome Ford. He scored two touchdowns, you know? So we could still see a game where it's, you know, a three catch game for Quentin Johnson, but it could be three for 30 and, and a score, you know? So I, I wouldn't necessarily be running from the schedule when it comes to the Chargers guys. I agree. Where are the jets right now, Adam? As far as defense against I think wide they're receivers, ninth. Why they play not, the Jets too. I didn't include them. You didn't include them. Uh, they, they may not be right tough. before they play the Lions and the Packers. Well, the Jets so, got lit up by Diggs and Lamb, but they, you know, nobody else. Like the Patriots guys were terrible against them. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think you just, you know, when it comes, to, we'll, we'll spend more time on this. But with with these two guys, you just got to keep your expectations in check because as long as Keenan Allen's there and Austin Eckler's back, it's like they're going to have. Two still two of their premier pass catchers, and then I think it's just going to be the other three guys, maybe four if you want to factor in Donald Parham, just because of his red zone potential. The other four guys kind of cannibalizing each other a little bit from a week to week basis. So you should be adding them with the chance of what they can become, because Justin Herbert right now is back to being Justin Herbert, and Kellen Moore has been a good influence. So will they be consistent? And that's the the tough part to nail down for either one of them. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. It's it's after the bye week, it's five of their next six matchups are against top 10 opponents, and that would be the Cowboys, Chiefs, Jets, Lions, Packers. But again, you know, it's it could be... I think that it's a, it's a little bit difficult to see. I, I know who... I think I know who the great run defenses are. I don't think we know yet which teams are great against wide receivers. We're still trying to figure that out. Detroit, mm-hmm. for example, I'm not really buying because, again, it's just who they face in week one. They face crummy... Receivers, Detroit, in yeah, Kansas City, they stink. Well, the receivers, you know, yeah, um, that's right. Uh, but anyway, okay, all right. Um, so HN and Tank Dell and a Chargers wide receiver prioritize them basically based on maybe your record or what you need right now. Uh, if you're one and two or zero oh and three, you're probably going Palmer and need to start someone, right? Is that fair? Uh, yes, but it's also availability. I mean, you know, Johnston in a lot of the competitive twelve team leagues is still rostered, and in most leagues, Josh Palmer is available. Okay. And just to throw out a couple more names there, if you're streaming, a, give me one quarterback you're streaming. Who, who are you streaming a quarterback this week? Stroud. That's the one. Over Dalton? For this week, yeah. Well, I, I, no, I, I think you, you can make a case for one week for Dalton, but I would rather have C.J. Stroud just because yeah. the, the long-term appeal, clearly. And Dave, give me one tight end. One tight end that you can stream. Well, Luke Musgrave is out there in 54% of leagues, and it's the same thing as Stroud. You're you're picking him up to stream him, short week against Detroit, and he's got potential to become a top 12 fantasy tight end. All right. Uh, so we should probably talk about Fab, but we also need to promote some things. We have a lot of new podcasts. We have a lot of great podcasts. Go to cbsports.com slash podcasts. I'm going to go there right now, and I'm just going to read... From our selections. So you know what we have. Fantasy Football Today. Fantasy Football Today in 5. Fantasy Football Today Dynasty. In fact, you can watch that live today on YouTube at 11 a.m. Eastern or on demand. YouTube.com slash Fantasy Football Today. Cover 3 College Football. The Early Edge for Betting. Pick 6 for the NFL. The First Cut for Golf. Morning Footy for Soccer. Fantasy Baseball Today for Fantasy Baseball. All Things Covered. That's Patrick Peterson and Bryant McFadden talking about defensive backs and and football. Attacking Third, another soccer podcast. Uh, Eye on College Basketball. In Soccer We Trust. DFS, Fantasy Football Today, DFS. Fantasy Baseball Today in Five, Morning Combat. 
I mean, and it goes on. And then we have all these two four seven or twenty four seven uh, podcasts. So just go to cbssports.com slash podcasts. We are the podcast leaders, according to me. Uh, all right, how much fab are we talking about, guys? How much fab, uh, Jamie? Why don't you start? Give us the fab layout this week. Well, I I think if you know Achan or Dell are available, you know you're probably going to spend a significant amount of what you have left. You know, for for Achan. You don't want to necessarily think you're chasing points here because he is playing in an explosive offense, maybe the best offense in the NFL, and he's playing behind right now at least a 31-year-old running back. You know, Jeff Wilson at some point is going to return. We expect that in some capacity. And Savon Ackman, I think, when he's healthy, will potentially have a role also. But with what he just showed in that game against Denver, it's hard to expect him to disappear by any stretch. So, you know, what we said about Ford last week, if you have, you know, a significant amount of fab remaining, you're probably going to have to use it. And then for Dell, you know, this is why I think, you know, you, you mentioned our, our show. We, we've been saying these two names for a couple of weeks now. You know, Dell really for the majority of the offseason about what we thought of him. And and Achan was, you know, the, the the shoulder injury was a little bit of a problem for, I think, what we thought his early season fantasy value could be. But in any event, um, I, I think for Dell, you're looking at a guy who I said this on Sunday, that as much as these high-profile rookies – have a ton of potential right now he's the second best one of the group and that's behind another surprising guy in puka nakua you know so what he's done the last two weeks um i still give nico collins the benefit of the doubt of being the number one receiver there for houston but since noah brown's injury he's been an absolute rock star so be prepared to spend a lot of fab on him also so i think at least you know 20 30 percent for for both guys i was gonna say 25 percent for hn i remember uh, the shoulder injury was part of it for Achan. The other one was that I, for reasons for not drafting Achan. The other reason was the Dolphins like using multiple backs. But you, you make a great point about Raheem Mostert and his age, and and the fact that like who else is in on this roster right now that's going to push Achan to the side? Uh, it's it, to me, it's all about as long as he can stay productive, even in a limited role. It's it's out there. There's a path to him being a league winner if he ends up being the 1A in this offense. And I think it might take Mostert getting sidelined. But Mostert's been sidelined for like half of his career. Yeah. So I, I like the idea of at least 25% on HN. Could I go 20% on, on, on Tank Dell? I love the player. He's so fast. This Texans offense is still going to continue to throw it a lot. I don't know if I can go much more than 20%. I think you'll get him at 20%. I am thinking that... You are not going to get a chan for twenty five percent. No, and I think that's okay. But I, I also think that I, I, we were probably too low on Puka Nakua two weeks ago. This time after week one, right? He comes out and has like a legendary week one for a rookie. And I remember saying I would take Romeo Dobbs if he's available. I would take Romeo Dobbs over Puka Nakua. Mm-hmm. I think you guys agreed with me, but I will take that one. Um, I don't want to be too low on a chan. I thought I was surprised at the number you guys gave about 25%, 20-20. I was thinking you were going to be more like 50% on HN. You know, my God, what a performance. I understand the circumstances and whatnot, but 200 yards, four touchdowns, and and really his first game, his second game, but his first game with any feature work just looked amazing. I feel like we're too, I think you guys might be too low with your family. No, no, no. I I was just saying at least that much. I mean, yeah, it's going to cost you. I wouldn't be surprised if it cost you whatever you have left, you know? So mm-hmm. if you, uh, like we had a lot mm-hmm. of bids last week, 190 
you know, whatever the case may be on Jerome Ford. And there's going to be somebody who went, you know, lost Ford because somebody else spent a hundred, you spent 90, spend the 90 on HN. Well, can we ask the YouTube audience? Yeah, I mean, sure. We, we, we have a group right of people now. right here. Let's ask them what they would spend on HN. Now, I'll do a Twitter poll as well because I do want to get some public sentiment here. We should get a few hundred, if not a couple, maybe hopefully a couple thousand before the end of the uh, show votes on this. Uh, I'll try to set that up. But wait. All right. So I've just heard two very wild, like, wildly different numbers. You just said spend 90 on HN. Let's, let's be clear. Let's say you guys started with a $100 budget and you've got $80 left. All of it. You're going to spend. That's so different from what you said before. No, no. There's a difference between at least and then what I'm willing to spend. So it's going to cost you at least a 30% bid. Because again, we're still talking about some 10 team leagues, some 18 leagues. We had to sort of, you know, put in perspective here. If you're in a competitive 12 team league, he's still out there. You're going to have to spend whatever you have to spend to get him. Is he worth it? Yes. Hmm. Yeah, I'm. That Probably part makes the, me a little nervous. That's I think I take a step back. So the you know, I'm, I'm just looking at the guys who are available. Okay, so let's just say worst case scenario, Rashad White wins the lottery, Tony Pollard wins the lottery, James Conner wins the lottery. I'm thinking of the the handcuffs that are available right now. Um, all these guys win the lottery. Like these are the ones who are available in in leagues. Can the I majority of leagues, the backups to those those guys. Uh huh. You have a guy that's sitting out there right now who just put up this performance. He went from he went from nothing to now he's the number six running back in fantasy in one in one day. You know, so yeah. it's a huge ask for him to continue to be this productive, obviously. <laughs> yeah. But for him to be a a producing running back, let's not forget the number two running back in fantasy right now is his teammate. So this team is producing immense production from its running backs in the first three weeks of the season. And we just saw an example of what might happen if one of the receivers has to miss time. They both were hugely involved in the passing game. Raheem Mostert was their second leading receiver. I believe HM was third. So they're not going to put up 70 points. They're not going to continue no. to do what they did against the Broncos. But this has the potential to be the best offense in football. And so with what this team has done over the last two seasons when the quarterback has been healthy, and now you're getting production from the running game, in a variety of ways, passing game, running game. They've scored now, what, uh, two touch, three touchdowns through the first two weeks of the season, and they combined for seven, eight, right? Eight touchdowns? But those two guys, yeah, I think so. So that's 11 touchdowns from their running back position through three games? Yeah, which, by the way, I mean, this is a complete departure from what we saw last year. This team last year had the eighth fewest running back carries, 21st fewest, 21st in rushing yards from running backs, 17th in running back rushing touchdowns, and I think they were 12th in running back targets, but they were lower in the games that Tua played because he doesn't throw to his running backs. This year, it's a complete flip, but it wasn't in week one. You know, that's the thing. Like Week one, they, they barely gave it to their running back, so I... I, I uh, I struggle with it, but I, let me ask. Let me phrase this Twitter question right. If Devon A Chain is available in your fantasy league, how much of your original Fab budget is that? We're asking how much of your original Fab yes. budget would you? Sp- okay, all right. I'm going to post this and see the results that we get. I'm going to go with sixty to seventy nine percent. I'd probably be. I said seventy percent on Ford last week. That's probably what I would spend on A Chain. Um, but I, I think I'm more excited about A Chain now than I was about Ford last week, which is weird. Because Ford is the, it was, you know, this path to being the clear RB1. Right. It's yeah. weird. Should well, I it, be? It, like, it, would, it, who do you guys like better rest of season? 
I think it's if, Ford. If you tell me. me Mostert stays healthy, then it's Ford. But that's a gamble that you have to take for a guy at his age and his injury track record. Now, again, he only missed one game last year. And we still don't know what's going to happen when Jeff Wilson is healthy. But they had their first draft pick in this year's class was in the third round. <laughs> and they went and they took him. Now, granted, this is also a team that was kicking the tires on Jonathan Taylor, on Dalvin Cook. <laughs> you know, was it just a, a, a one-week situation of this guy got lucky? And had this game against this terrible defense, potentially. Right. That's so part that's of it. And you got to take into account as well. But again, you want pieces of great offenses. I mean, how many times have we said that over the years? Like yeah, you're trying to sure. attach yourself to great play callers, great offensive lines, great quarterback play. Two is the MVP through three weeks. There's no doubt about that. And so this is this is the type of team you want to be associated with. And the guy in front of him, who's the number two running back in fantasy, is 31. Yeah. All right, so I think let's try to move to some other players. How much fab are you spending on on Josh Palmer or Quentin Johnston? I don't think it's going to take much to get Palmer because I think people will be more gravitating. More people will be gravitating toward Johnston outside of the smart fantasy players. So it might take only ten to fifteen percent to get Palmer. I was going to say ten percent for Palmer, and maybe fifteen percent for Johnston. I didn't have this conversation last week about fab. I don't think, but. You know, the only league that HN is available in for me is is our 10-team for the or Leftovers podcast league. The Heath and I, it's Superflex. We share our team there. And I do think you should be more aggressive with your fab in 10-team leagues because it's just easy to find people on the waiver wire that you could, you know, in some leagues, they might go for eight bucks. You might be able to get them for nothing because people don't want them. Pat Fryermuth was dropped in this, in this same league last week, and I picked him up for free. So I'd be more aggressive in a shallower league. And I might even be more aggressive in a 14-team league. I think it's the 12-team leagues where I'm a little bit more cautious because in the 14-team leagues, good players don't come on the waiver wire that much. In 10-team leagues, you know, you can, it's easy. It kind of, does this make sense? Like shallow leagues and deeper leagues? I mean, in 14-team league, if this guy's available, you should be spending everything you have. Right, right, exactly. Um, It's the 12-team leagues where I think I want to be like a little more cautious and a little more balanced throughout the year, but... To each his own. Right now, but there's just again, you know, through three weeks of the season. Like last week, we had options. Last week, you had, you know, and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna factor in the the ten team leagues because, you know, the interesting part of this, I went back and looked. I had Achan in the running backs to consider in shallow leagues. He was at 68 percent rostered last week, and people dropped him. So he mm-hmm. was dropped in 11 percent of leagues as opposed to added. And, you know, what I said was at the time was last week. I don't know. I don't think we spent a lot of time on him last week. Uh, mm-hmm. What I said was, okay, he finally played. Ackman got hurt. This is the type of guy you want to be stashing if he's available because of the potential injury situation. You know, and so every league is going to have a different variety of players on the waiver wire. The running backs right now in the majority of leagues, it's an ugly place to be. So a player like this, like same thing last week, we had two guys that were I don't want to say widely available, but well, Ford was definitely widely available, but but widely available in regards to the numbers that we talk about in Moss and Ford, right? And both came through with positive numbers. Moss was fantastic, and and Ford got you touchdowns against a really tough defense. So just give him credit for that. But now you're looking at this week, no significant injuries. We already saw just another example of this, and take this into account also. Joshua Kelly stinks as a replacement <laughs> option, right? Axe. Mm-hmm. So not every backup is going to be good. Right, exactly. Even in great situation. But if you're finding these guys available when you have the chance to get them, you don't want to miss out on it. All right, let's move on here, and we'll get to some more news and notes. We'll get you some more names for the waiver wire. 
I'll update you on the Twitter poll in a second. Uh, I asked pretty interesting results on the fab they'd spend on HN, but we'll be right back. We'll take a quick break here. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. So I asked on Twitter, if Devon HN is available in your fantasy leagues, how much of your original fab budget are you spending? 80% or more, 60 to 79%, 40 to 59%, less than 40%. 134 votes so far. Less than 40% is winning, which is surprising to me. Wow. 36%. But look what's in second place. 30%, 80% or more. So that is so... That's weird. We never see poll results like that for these types of questions. Are you being sarcastic? No. Yeah, I know. It's crazy that the, the two complete opposites of the spectrum here are in first and second place. Some people so willing to go all in, and some people are much more cautious. Doesn't this come down to how desperate you are for a running back? I don't think so. And I, it's kind of, look, let's be fair. I, <laughs> Jamie said it minutes ago. Like, there are people that missed out on Jerome Ford. They're thirsty for a running back. They're going to go and they're going to spend a ton of fab on HN. I'm worried that it it might not be worth it. Yeah. Well, because so are a lot of people. They're not playing Denver every single week with Jalen Waddle not on the field. They Mostert and HN combined for 11 targets and catches. Is that happening when Waddle's back? Are they going to take on run defenses that are this poor? 16 missed tackles by the Broncos in week three. They were atrocious. Yeah. Any running back. Rashad White and Alexander Madison could have done what HN and Mostert did. So I, I'm I'm a little nervous about spending that much on HN. I'm probably not going to do it unless I'm totally desperate. And I think that plays into why I said 25% at the start. Okay. I think he's a great talent. I just know this team likes to use multiple running backs. He's still sharing until he's not. We don't know when that's going to be. And he, he beat up on a terrible, probably the worst run defense in football right now. All right, let's get to our news and notes. The Jets are sticking with Zach Wilson, for now at least. Minnesota head coach Kevin O'Connell hinted that he would bench players who fumble. So Alexander Madison better be... Why not just say, Alexander Madison, you're going to the bench soon, pal. Yeah, because he's got two or three fumbles that didn't officially count as fumbles or were recovered. You know, At least two were overturned on replay. Anyway, uh, Rashad Bateman, hamstring, Jonathan Mingo, concussion, Panthers defense extremely beat up. Minnesota should light them up this week. Uh, Detroit offensive line beat up. <sighs> Josie Jewell, Denver's linebacker, he left with an injury. Miami edge Jalen Phillips has an oblique injury. And there are some other things here. I'm not sure what's super significant. Seattle's very beat up right now. They are going to get 
cornerback Reek Woolen and Jamal Adams probably back this week for a Monday night game at the Giants, but Draymond Jones at uh, at defensive line, linebacker Daryl Taylor, cornerback Trey Brown, they all left week three's games game with injuries, so we'll keep an eye on the Seahawks defense. Kansas City's got a real problem at right tackle. Jawan Taylor, he was pulled again. Two more penalties for not being lined up on the line of scrimmage. Uh, and Doug Peterson, Jamie, you were talking about him taking over play calling. I talked about this on yesterday's show, but he may have already taken over play calling duties. There's some speculation that he did in the second half. I don't know if we found out about that, but that might happen as soon as this week. And that's pretty much it for that. Um, oh, one more injury. I, 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 being serious here, I really think that I pulled my oblique from coughing. <laughs> I am super sore, and I think it was from all the coughing. How do you know when you're getting old? Oh, my gosh. So violent coughing, and it really hurts to cough now. Uh, schedule alert. I, so I talked about the Chargers. Also, just want to throw this out there. If Cortland Sutton's available in your league, but the Broncos, let's see. The Broncos have the, who do they have this week? The Bears, right? We love them. We love the Bears matchup. After that, for the Broncos, it's the Jets, the Chiefs, the Packers, the Chiefs, a bye, and the Bills. That is five teams in the top eight against quarterback against wide receivers, plus a bye week after this week for the Broncos. There are also games against Cleveland and Houston, which have been tough matchups so far. So the Broncos, on paper, have a terrible wide receiver schedule going forward. Something to keep in mind. Uh, how about the top three in each position? I know it's been kind of a while. We should have gotten to that a little earlier. I apologize for that. A lot of HN talk, understandably. Jamie, who are the top three quarterbacks to get this week? Uh, CJ Stroud really is the one that has the most long-term standing. Then Jameis Winston, we just don't know how long Derek Carr is going to be out. Hopefully we get the full Jameis experience, which will always be fun for fantasy managers. And then I think if you're looking at just a one-week situation, and look, it might be longer if he continues to play like this, but who knows. But Andy Dalton taking on Minnesota, that would be the third one. And Dalton is going to be the highest ranked of those three this week, just for this week? Um, I will probably have Stroud the highest ranked, but Dalton not far behind. Would you drop Daniel Jones with this juicy Seahawks matchup for C.J. Stroud? No, I think Daniel Jones will still play at a high level moving forward. All right, Dave, top three running back priorities. It's A-Chan number one, and then who? A-Chan's number one, and then it gets gross, and it depends on how badly you need a guy who might play this week. Matt Burita would be second behind him. Melvin Gordon would be third just because he might end up being the Ravens lead running back. If you can believe that we're living in that era, Gus Edwards is on the concussion protocol. We'll see if he comes back a guy to stash who's available in 41% of leagues is justice Hill, who was basically the high value back for Baltimore before he got hurt. We don't know when he's going to be back, but he's another guy that you could potentially stash. So I gave you four names instead of three. Sue me. All good. And, yeah, not a great week for running backs, as mentioned earlier. What was I going to say? Oh, I just want to give you guys credit. I forgot to do this. If you listen to the Friday show, beat the waiver wire. You guys said Devon Achan. I think you maybe even said Tank Dell. So good job on that. Always always try to get ahead of the game here. We, uh, I said Dell on Sunday as well on FFT, Sunday morning on nice. CBS Sports HQ. Don't miss it. I mean, we said Dell last week. <laughs> we yeah. said Dell all offseason. Like, you know, he was... 
somebody that, you know, he, he goes to the place where I talk to the trainer every, every off season, you know, so I, I knew what he was capable of doing then, you know, we saw him in the preseason, the first preseason game, he was great against the Patriots, you know, so there's a lot to like about his game. All right. Wide receivers, Jamie, who are the top three wide receivers to get? Let's say after tank Dell, uh, either chargers guy, you know, Palmer immediate Johnston long-term, but we'll see what happens in this week's matchup. And then as you alluded to, they still have their bye week coming up in week five. So, you know, you might not get the full example of what this Chargers passing game is going to look like without Mike Williams. And then I'll put Elijah Moore after him, after those guys. Uh, he's got at least seven targets in three straight games and back-to-back games with nine targets. He hasn't done a lot with them yet, but I think there's a lot to love about the situation with the first game, at least what we saw without uh, Nick Chubb on the field. Yeah, there's some decent ones uh, to take a look at maybe for a longer-term picture here, but certainly it's Tank Dell. Quinton Johnston and Josh Palmer. Elijah Moore would be next for Jamie. Wandale Robinson, just in case I don't get to this later. Wandale Robinson had five targets on 11 snaps. Yep. And the Giants could really use a jolt. So maybe we see more from him against the team that's given up the second most fantasy points to wide receivers. That would be the Seattle Seahawks. Monday yeah, and, night. And in the shallower leagues, Marvin Mims has to start playing more. I mean, my gosh, it's just a travesty that they're not doing that. DJ Chark is coming off a huge game, and at least you get one more game of Andy Dalton. Mingo's in the concussion protocol. Uh, but Chark was somebody we were saying could be the best receiver for the Panthers right now. That's clearly Adam Thielen, but still pick up Chark. You mentioned Wondell Robinson. And then I don't know how healthy Brandon Cooks is. Michael Gallup's coming off a strong game. Granted, they looked awful entirely as an offense. CD Lamb did very little. But Gallup had a great preseason by all accounts. And, you know, two years now removed from his ACL tear. So he may actually be the second best receiver in Dallas behind CD Lamb. I don't know if he's the second best pass catcher, but the second best receiver. That's deep leagues, not shallow leagues, right? Yeah, deep, deep leagues, I'm sorry. Yeah. And the Cardinals, remember they when they had Byron Murphy, they just had this knack for taking number one wide receivers out. They were so good. And even when Murphy got hurt, it was so weird. And uh, they're at it again. They, 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 for what it's worth, the commanders, receivers, and CeeDee Lamb, uh, pretty bad against the Cardinals. Uh, tight ends. Dave, the top tight ends to get. Luke Musgrave, numero uno, 54% available, continues to be a short area target for Jordan Love. This was another week where Love missed him on a deep throw. They're going to connect eventually. As Love has started to play a little bit better, um, Musgrave is going to step up and get more work. He's number one. Zach Ertz, number two, available in about as many leagues as Musgrave. Not nearly as sexy. Didn't get the targets in week three. Hopefully he bounces back. Jake Ferguson's third for me, but he's only 37% available. So that's in shallower leagues. The stash guys are both in Washington. If you're desperate for a tight end, Cole Turner's available everywhere. Logan Thomas is available almost everywhere. If Thomas is still on, if, if he's still out, you might be able to stash him on, uh, on the IR in some of your formats. You can't do it on CBS, but on other sites, you can put guys who are out on your IR. Well, so you can stash yeah. Thomas. You can do it on CBS if your commissioner has the wrong setting, basically. <laughs> I mean, that did happen in one of my leagues where the commissioner... There's a setting in CBS, players okay. only who are on IR and PUP. Uh, nice. So go ahead and cheat like Adam. No, no, it's not cheating. I mean, some some people... I don't like this. You don't like this. But some people like being able to put a player who was listed as out in the IR spot. So that is an option on CBS. If you want to go that route, you don't have to put that setting on. The, the setting it says... Only players on IR or PUP can go in your IR spot. You can remove that if you want. But we're not going to, you know, we're not putting Logan Thomas on our IR. Uh, that's actually actually a very different order than Jamie has. We should talk about this, Jamie. You have, <coughs> so Dave went Musgrave, Ertz, Ferguson. You have Ferguson, Everett, Musgrave. 
Uh, you didn't even put Ertz on your list. I don't know if you. No, want I have that. no interest in Ertz this week. Coming off a game against a team that defends tight ends well, like the Cowboys do, and then facing the 49ers this week, so you can you can wait on Ertz. Okay, but you have you like Ferguson, and then you also put yeah, I, I think Ferguson's going to have the highest ceiling moving forward of these guys. Uh, Musgrave is certainly in the conversation, but I want to see what happens when Watson comes back because, you know, my guess would be he's at best fourth uh, for targets, maybe third. You know, and so last week was a spike in targets, which is great and certainly has plenty of upside. But I think when Watson's back, Dobbs is still second. And then we'll see if he's, you know, getting more opportunities than Jaden Reed or factor in obviously Aaron Jones as well. Um, Everett, I'm just taking a gamble on based on the six catch game that he just had, knowing that they just lost Mike Williams. And so does he just get a better chance to produce? I don't really love him as a player, but the opportunity right. is there for him. So you know, for at least for this week against the Raiders, just a lot of touchdown to Pat Fryermuth. I think there's a much better opportunity for a one-week streamer in Everett than there is for Musgrave. If only Donald Parham would start stop catching touchdowns. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Look at these cheaters, Dave. On Yahoo, the default is if a player is out, you can put him on IR. Oh, I know it. Mateo Same says with a uh, sleeper, I believe. But the only person I I saw do that, I'm not going to say his name, but was the is the commissioner of the league that I'm in with that one. Oh, really? Yeah, it's interesting. Well, if it's not against the rules, you know, the fantasy cops aren't going to do anything about it. IDP, kickers, DST. Let's start with some DSTs. Jamie, I looked at your list, and not to criticize your list, but it doesn't look like a great week for streaming DSTs. Does It looks like or does no, it? No, it does like? not. No, no. I mean, you're trusting a Broncos team that just gave up 70 points to take on a, the, the Bears, but the Bears have been obviously awful. So, you know, I, I feel like that if there's going to be a bounce-back game for a team. It should be the Broncos <laughs> with the opponent that they have. <laughs> Uh, the Bengals were just great uh, at beating up a bad offensive line, and we'll see what they do taking on the Titans, another bad offensive line. So uh, they should be able to create some more sacks and maybe some turnovers of Ryan Tannehill. Uh, the Chargers get the Raiders. We know the Raiders may have a backup quarterback playing, whether it's Brian Hoyer or Aiden O'Connell. And so that offensive line also has struggled a little bit. And then the Colts taking on the Rams, they just get to take the, on the team that the Bengals just beat up on, and that defensive line has been great for the Colts. So I would not be surprised if the interior pressure is a problem for Matthew Stafford, who tends to be turnover-prone and sack-prone, so not a bad option there also. And how about kickers? Uh, kickers, Jason Myers, I was surprised, he's only rostering 50%, 56% of leagues coming off a of big week. Obviously, um, Matt Gay as well, uh, he gets to take on a – Rams defense that just allowed a billion field goal attempts to Evan McPherson. Um, Graham Gano, I think, will bounce back against the Seahawks at home. And then Blake Group, I think I'm pronouncing it correctly, um, taking on the Bucks at home. So, indoor game, that's always fun. Dave, I don't know if you have, I have a few IDPs if you want some I do time. too. Okay, go for it, Dave. It's juicy at, uh, at defensive back. Guys that are free agents in our competitive IDP league. Uh, Jordan Whitehead, Julian Love, Brian Branch, these guys are all averaging over 10 fantasy points per game and should still continue to be like good volume tackle. What do you think about Love, though, with Adams coming back? By the way, Julian Love, revenge I, I, I think Love still plays. Okay. I'll be That's a little worried a, about that, but I, I, that, I don't know. Okay. Well, we'll, no we'll see about that. But even if you're worried about Love, then you just pivot to Whitehead or Branch. Reed Branch has been good for Detroit. Yeah, Reed Blankenship's another guy. He's he's been good. Yeah, he finally came he's back. He's been great. Uh, he's already rostered in ours though. Kenneth Murray in LA been getting a lot of tackles lately. Last two weeks, so I like that. Defensive lineman Denico Autry in Tennessee. It's about as good as it gets for defensive lineman. I would go back to Harrison Phillips again this week against Carolina. These are these are exciting names. Scintillating. <laughs> IDPs, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. 
I was going to say Camus, Camus Grugier Hill, but he only played 67% of the snaps. That's a little disappointing. He did have 10 combined tackles. Giants linebacker Micah McFadden is someone to keep an eye on. He had a great game against the 49ers, was everywhere, and maybe he becomes an every-down player for the Giants at linebacker. We always want those tacklers. All right, shallow leagues and deep leagues here. Jamie already gave you some deep league names. We'll do a few more, but for the shallow leagues, we don't talk about these players a lot, but they are available in in different websites, I think, more so than CBS, but... Um, who are some of the guys, Jamie, that are rostered in more than 65% of leagues that are must-add players? Uh, I don't know uh, if all these are must-adds, but like Russell Wilson, for example, I don't know if he's a must-add guy, but gets the Bears this week and you know did have a very productive start to his fantasy season and still got to over 300 yards in the 50-point loss to the Dolphins. At running back, uh, look, Rashawn Johnson, we've been saying this now for weeks, another guy that if he's available because people will drop him because the Bears have been so bad. But he actually started the game for Chicago uh, against the Chiefs and still in a timeshare, clearly. But the Bears got to do something. And at some point we may see, you know, just, okay, let's play what we think is our best players. I don't know if their coaches are the best coaches, but the best players might be, you know, starting to get on the field more. And hopefully that's Rashawn Johnson. Uh, Zach Charbonnet, obviously Ken Walker has been awesome, but Charbonnet's playing time has increased each of the last three weeks. And something happens to Ken Walker. You see what this offense is able to do with their running back. So that's not a bad situation. Um, please don't let Elijah Mitchell sit on the waiver wire at all. So make sure he's rostered. Uh, Ty J Spears, I think the same thing. You know, people are going to drop him because the Titans running back situation, Titans offense right now is bad. The running back situation is is frustrating. But don't do it. Um, an injury to Derrick Henry and Ty J Spears in a good spot. The wide receiver is a little bit more enticing, at least for one week, because you laid out the schedule for the Broncos. But Cortland Sutton, Tutu uh, Atwell, he's got at least seven targets in all three games. Yeah. Scored his first touchdown, averaging over 15 PPR points per game. Could be more, again, only one more week until we see what happens with uh, Cooper Cup, but still worth adding. And then two that are been, have been very productive, Romeo Dobbs, two of three weeks, over 18 PPR points. And Adam Thielen's been awesome the last two games. And so gets the revenge game this week. So we'll see what happens once Bryce Young is back under center. But for at least for week four, Adam Thielen's got top 20 upside. Okay, wide receiver question. You mentioned Thielen, Dobbs, and who was oh, Atwell. Still going with Tank Dell over all three of them? I would go with Tank Dell over all three of them if you need somebody long-term. Like I like Thielen better this week just mm-hmm. because of the team that he's facing and what he did from a target perspective with Andy Dalton. But clearly that's not sustainable for someone at his age with the quarterback who's coming back. So I think Tank Dell, again, might be the number one receiver for the Texans and has much more upside long term. You could double dip too. You could aim for Dell first, use your first waiver claim on him, and then use your next waiver claim on who's ever left from the Ellen Dobbs and the other. I think you'd be very, very hard pressed in a waiver system to get both those guys. In a fab system, yes, but in a waiver system, no. No, I'm saying you'd get Dell first, and then you just get one of the other three. I'm not saying you should aim for getting – you're not going to get them both. You're right. If it's Thielen and Dell, you're not going to get both. Okay. And Mike Bobs. And – oh, Jordan Love. Must-add guy? Yes. I mean, look, what he's done – I think I said this on Sunday. What he's done is unbelievably remarkable – that he's been as productive as he has. Now, it's granted, it's been somewhat ugly when you look at catchable throws and you know what he's been able to do from a completion percentage. But three games without his number one receiver, two games without his number one running back, two games without his left tackle, one game without his you know one of his guards, 
it's it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. You know, and so when he gets everybody back, then we see the best of him. He just overcame a 17 point deficit against, you know, one of the better defenses in the league. Like he's he's balling right now. So and let's give him credit. Look at his schedule moving forward. <clears throat> it's outstanding. And he's given you, I think it's at least 24 fantasy points in six point per touchdown leagues every single game. Yep. If I've got a quarterback that I'm nervous about, if it's Burrow, Lawrence, Fields, I'm absolutely making a play to get Jordan Love. Yeah, I guess if you have a quarterback that you're not nervous about, if you have Lamar Jackson, do you even bother with Jordan Love or just spend? To elsewhere? add or to trade for? To add. Add, yes. I would course. absolutely be adding him and then trying to trade one of those guys. Mm-hmm. Look, you might get a haul for Lamar Jackson and then you have a quarterback who's been more productive fantasy-wise. Or you just trade Jordan Love for something that might help you, you know, but don't sell him short. But yeah, absolutely pick up Jordan Love. It's funny because uh, at the start of the season, Dave and I are in a, in a, in a dynasty league. Adam, you, you uh, are oh, attached to my This team. breaks so my heart. Go ahead. Some of the messages. No, uh, but so Jordan Love <laughs> was somebody I picked up last year for nothing. Yeah. And I was him. actively trying to trade for a quarterback. You know, I was trying to trade for uh, for Lamar. There's one manager who has who's got a terrible team who's got Lamar Jackson and Justin Herbert. He's in rebuilding mode. I was in discussion of a first round pick for one of those two guys. And I was trying to trade uh, for Geno Smith, who's the on somebody's team that's a backup to Josh Allen. And so I would have been so pissed at myself for giving up significant capital for one of those two guys, knowing that Jordan Love has played like this. And so I'm just going to ride this for as long as it lasts, and hopefully it lasts for the rest of the season. And so he's been he's been a star. You might have a starter for the next five years. Yeah, yeah. He, I, I expect a, a thank you note at some point. <laughs> they, oh, you dropped him. I'm the one that carried Jordan Love when he wasn't playing, and then dropped him because oh. I was in a roster crunch. Yeah, thank yeah. You. Look, I, I, Heath is not Heath is not in on the Jordan Love love. So we can talk about that tomorrow. There are some warts. There, you know, there are some things not to like. I get it. I think maybe paying too much attention to the things he's not doing well. And not enough attention to the things he is doing well. But look, we're, we like love. Heath, not not really feeling it. Looking forward to talking about that tomorrow because that's the Thursday night game. We'll preview that. And um, Jamie, the deep league guys, you mentioned Michael Gallup, Wandale Robinson, DJ Chark. Any other deep league guys out there that uh, need to be looked at? Uh, Marvin Mims. And again, you know, we'll, we'll spend some time, I think, just for a second on these handcuffs that you just, if you have deeper leagues, you know, to, to, to stash. But uh, Sean Tucker, you know, again, you know, that's a guy I know Dave's talked about a lot. Uh, for what it's worth, I don't really love rostering him, but you might be stuck. Latavius Murray is the second running back in Buffalo. He's playing ahead of Damian Harris, and he's got a touchdown each of the last two games. So who knows what happens if James Cook goes down. Uh, Rico Dowell just scored his first touchdown. You know, it seems like he'd be the second guy in behind Tony Pollard yeah. if something happens there. I think it would be a committee, but, you know, still, that's a clearly big offense. Zamir White, you know, who knows if the Raiders just start to really fade and they start to give him more work. Uh, Ronnie Rivers, I know he didn't play last night, but still the backup to Kyron Williams. And Jaleel McLaughlin, you know, in Denver, if something happens to Javante Williams at this point, I think it would be him. He got five carries in the loss against the Dolphins. Um, didn't do much with him, but did score the week before against Washington. So, you know, some guys that are are widely available. Uh, Keontae Ingram as well, you know, just with the workload they're giving James Conner, if something were to happen there. You know, these are guys aren't exactly, I think, league winners, but there is some potential there. And I think just, you know, while we're talking about some of these situations, these these handcuffs, there's going to be some players dropped that will have some value at some point in the season. I hope not because it means an injury, but Tank Bigsby is going to get dropped. You're going to see some people in shallow leagues drop Jalen Warren. You're going to see people drop, you know, some of these 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 backups that aren't doing very much that you drafted mid round, late round, you know, and so just be aware of that when you're making your waiver moves. So you might see somebody on the waiver wire come Tuesday night or Wednesday night 
put bids in for them at the end of the week if you have roster spots to play with because as we're seeing at some point they may be valuable can i give two more stashes of running back yeah man number one is th- this one's a deep one but if eckler is out this week do the chargers really go back to joshua kelly again after how bad he's been the last two weeks i wonder if they give isaiah spiller a shot the other one is Jeff Wilson, who's 64% available. You can stash him on your IR, legally, I might add. Mm-hmm. And when he comes back, maybe he's the the number two back in Miami. Yeah. He'll be number three if, if most certain A-chan are healthy. Mm-hmm. But if one of them is not, then Wilson comes in and he's the number two. I really like the Tucker and McLaughlin calls. Those guys deserve to be rostered. All right. And then there's one other. <laughs> Gary Brightwell. Yeah. Oh, Okay. Well, you know, he might, you know, I mean, he's not that he much might worse. What? You're not, he's not that much worse than Matt Breida. I know Breida scored the touchdown, but they split. Breida played 82% of the snaps. They split the right. carries. They split the carries pretty evenly. So, um, right. Well, at a lot at the end of the game. Uh, well, it was a competitive game. All right. We'll take a break here. And, uh, when we come back, we have two games to recap from last night and more names from the waiver wire and the drop meter on fantasy football today. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo. Thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future. New documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. We don't have a ton of time for these games. Philadelphia 25 and Tampa Bay 11. So let's get some quick thoughts. Dave, give me your quick thoughts. I guess we've got to talk about DeAndre Swift. Probably the big storyline there. Probably Dave, a good idea. Yeah. yeah. Gainwell had eight carries on that last possession where they killed like nine minutes of the clock. What do you think? Gainwell played all of the snaps in the fourth quarter. Before the fourth quarter, Swift played 70% of the snaps. We've got our answer on who Philadelphia's preferred running back is. DeAndre Swift is at least a quality number two fantasy running back moving forward, if not a low-end number one, if he gets to that point. I love it. Uh, I love that A.J. Brown had his squeaky wheel game. I wonder if Devontae Smith has his squeaky wheel game next week. And Hertz was okay. Like, I have fantasy managers are happy with what he gave you. But I almost wonder if he could get better as a thrower. I feel like he's taken a little bit of a step back this year. They don't look quite as smooth as they did last year. No. And the, their best play is handing the ball off to DeAndre Swift. He's just got to keep doing it. He's been so good. And he did it against the Bucks. <laughs> I like the Bucks run defense, but mm-hmm. they smashed him. So Rashad White... Nearly scored. That would have been good, but he didn't, and he fumbled. Uh, Is he a matchup-dependent guy for you? He's got the Saints this week. I was disappointed that they didn't use him more in the passing game. You know, I thought that would be something they could do to offset some of the defensive fronts that the Eagles were going to throw at them and and the pressure up front. Mm. So it was a little frustrating in that regard. So, yes, I think he is more of a matchup-dependent guy. This isn't exactly the easiest one in Week 4. So don't love Rashad White, but still a number 2 running back by default. Yeah, you can't drop Chris Godwin, can you? I mean, they got the Saints this week and then a bye. No, I wouldn't drop him. All right. And by what the- if it's a eight-team non-PPR league? <laughs> could you drop him then? Yes. Maybe you could. Look, All if right. he's the worst guy on your bench and Tank Dell's available, then I'm dropping Chris yeah. Godwin. Yeah. Wow. Okay. 
the Bucks had the ball for only 21 minutes. They threw only 25 passes. So I think actually three catches for Rashad White on 15 completions isn't that bad. They just didn't have much of a chance because they couldn't get they could not get off the field defensively. All right, Cincinnati 19, Rams 16. Jamie, what are your takeaways from this one? Thank God that Joe Burrow got through the game healthy, and you know, hopefully that's going to be the case until we see him playing like Joe Burrow again. But this is an interesting week coming up because they were clearly handling him with kid gloves. A lot of short passes underneath, get the ball out quick, don't hold the ball, you know, don't move in the pocket. You know, I mean, the, the, the broadcaster only made plenty of mentions of that, you know, with uh, how how cautious he was being. And he said after the game, you know, he's still working through it. But get through this game was getting through the game was the positive, and now he gets a cake matchup against the Titans. Clearly, they have to protect him, but the secondary, as we've seen now for the majority of the last you know year plus, is awful. So this is a hopefully another productive game for this passing attack. But selling for a lot of field goals, um, you know, holding on defensively. Joe Mixon, you kind of got lucky that he scored, uh, but good to see Jamar Chase, you know, getting all those targets and, and chances. And that's something I think you you can hang your hat on and say, okay, he's back. It would be so easy for me to just sit Joe Burrow if his next three opponents were not the Titans, Cardinals, and Seahawks. I mean, if he were if he were himself, he could score. 80 points in these three games and it wouldn't yeah. surprise me at all but I just don't I we can talk about it later in the week but it's hard to have confidence in him but man what a schedule he has coming up uh, and then what a schedule he's got after the schedule like he's got yeah. great games until the bye and then after the bye I think it gets worse oh it definitely but gets he worse. might but he might get better after the bye right but uh how about Puka Nakua gets a 37 yard catch late in the game that saves Save his them. day a little bit he had uh, under 40 yards before that. Tutu was good again. He had nine targets. Kyron stunk. Hope we didn't miss our sell-high window on Kyron. You think the Rams' offense no. bounces back, guys? Do I think the Rams' offense bounces back? Is that what you said? Yeah. Um, it look, stunk. it's, it's the, the, the positive thing is he's got every touch. You know, so that's that's every, the good news. Yeah. And Stafford missed him on so many pass attempts. It was just awful trying to connect with him and passing him. The one time that he makes a big play, Stafford's knee hits the ground as he's being sacked. So I, I don't really want to panic about Kyron Williams, but the balloon certainly popped on both those guys. You know, and, and the really the bigger concern is, for me at least, is Nakua because you got Cooper Cup coming back. You know, so the fact that he's traveling with the team, it seems like he's trending in the right direction. You know, we get to week five and and he's the guy. And we saw a game where Stafford didn't have to, or I, I shouldn't say have to, he probably needed to have to. He probably should have leaned on him more, but leaned on somebody else a little bit more in Tutu Atwell. And the, the Bengals tried to take P- uh, Puka away. So I'm a little bit more nervous about him than I am about Kyron Williams, to be honest. I'm pretty nervous about Kyron Williams. Because even the, I love that he played, I think it's 100% of the snaps. He He just doesn't look great. Took a step back this week as far as this goes. And you want to talk about tough schedules. Here's LA's schedule. Think about this for Kyron Williams. The Colts, the Eagles, the Cardinals, the Steelers, the Cowboys, the Packers, and then a bye. It's not that bad. I mean, the, the next two, I think, bad. are pretty bad, especially the Eagles. Well, would you rather have Kyron Williams or Rashad White? Oh, I think I'd rather have Kyron Williams because right. I don't think there's anybody else that's coming to take his job in LA. I don't think anyone's coming to take Rashad White. I, we can talk about I Sean think Tucker. Rashad White could start losing. He he has a big grip. He played like ninety percent of the snaps last week. I think that's going to change. All right. Yeah, I, I don't I don't worry about Kyron Williams from a role standpoint. Right. And again, he was producing over his head. <laughs> like let's let's just remember yeah. what yeah. the situation is like. <laughs> 
He had a great week one against Seattle. And then he had an unbelievable week two against San Francisco, just knowing the opponent. But I don't think this is a guy that's going to average four yards per carry. I think what you need is you need more work in the passing game. And that was the frustrating part for me. Seven targets and only coming away with two catches. Like that, to me, has got to be better. Okay. And that will be better. It's not going to be like that every week. So I, I think he'll do better as far as receptions goes. But this is the touchdown regression. He's not scoring two times a week like he was doing before. All right. Drop meter zero to 10. And zero being never drop this guy under any circumstances. Circumstances ten is drop him. Why didn't you drop him already? Daniel Jones. Two. Four. Six, eight. Who do we appreciate? Dalton Kincaid. Two. Four. Same Six, number. Uh, Jahan Dotson. One. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be stubborn on Dotson. I'll keep him on my bench. One for Dave. Jamie, Jahan Dotson. Oh, I said two. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. Oh, Jamie's just two, two, two. Little Atwell over there. <laughs> Me and Rick Spielman. <laughs> Kyle Pitts. Zero. One. Josh Reynolds. Four. Um. Five. Samaje Pirine. Three. Um. Two. Dalvin Cook. Ten. Thank you. Finally, we needed. We needed. Yeah, we easy, got there. We needed seven. a layup. I was gonna say seven. I just he's insurance just in case Brees Hall goes down. <laughs> insurance for what? <laughs> in, insure as a guy that might be a lead back for the Jets if things break right for him. Uh, maybe, but I think Michael Carter would still be there. Uh, the the problem with Dalvin it's Cook, true. Is he's, he's missed his window. I think to help you because the healthier Brees Hall gets, the less they're gonna play Dalvin Cook. Yeah, and this is a bad offense to begin with. I think it's yeah, already happening. They they need a quarterback transplant. Rashid Shahid. Eight. Uh five. David Njoku. Nine. Seven. Jackson Smith and Jigba. Three. Oh boy. Uh we just saw a situation where a rookie wide receiver that we said needs an injury got an injury. And who knows what could happen with Quentin Johnston. So I'll say five. Yeah, listen, the thing about JSN is if you're not going to start him this week against the Giants, he's got a bye after that. You're going to have to hold him through his bye, so keep that in mind. Justin Fields, 0-10. Zero. to 10. zero. Uh, Justin Fields, 0, yeah. Khalil Herbert and Roshan Johnson. Roshan's uh, a 0. both through, okay. through this week just to see. Roshan's a 0, Khalil Herbert's a 2.5. Yeah, now that doesn't mean you wouldn't drop them for HN. If if but it, if if Khalil Herbert's your worst bench player, you drop him for HN. Right. So it's there's context there. I mean, we don't want to drop Khalil Herbert, but if we have to drop him for HN or Tankdale, would you drop Herbert for Tankdale? Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't even have 10 carries in a game yet. Yeah. Bears offense is a mess, but feel for what it's worth, I thought Fields looked a little better in week three than week two. Brandon Cooks is an easy drop, right? Eleven. Yeah. Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. I mean, if they can't Three. get going this week, <laughs> like <laughs> zero. This week they have Houston. I mean, they just had the Raiders, you know, and they couldn't get going. But yeah, Houston. Fair they, point. They, they need to make the switch already. Mike Tomlin is just too stubborn and too loyal. Yeah, I need to change the offense coordinator and fix the offensive line. That's also switches that need to be made. They're not going to be able to fix the line anytime soon. So, yeah, first of all, let's just stop 
buying into it. We didn't buy into it. But let's don't buy into any reports that say Jalen Warren's going to get more work. Until you see it, just assume it's not going to happen. There's always reports about that. All right, uh, one more quick run through the waiver wire. You know, this was kind of one of those waiver wire weeks where it's it's top-heavy, right? We did have to spend a lot of time on A-Chan and Dell and the Chargers receivers. Uh, other than that, you may not be making too many moves. But at quarterback, we do like, if Jordan Love is out there, get him. Russell Wilson could be good for this week. If you had to choose this week, Russell Wilson or Andy Dalton or C.J. Stroud, would is Wilson ahead of those guys? He is for me. All right, Stroud's 33% rostered, and he scored 24 or more points in two straight games. So we like long-term taking a shot on Stroud. Jameis Winston, you know, James, two quarterback leagues, Winston, Dalton is still available. He's 4% rostered. Uh, Aiden O'Connell you have on here. I don't know if it would be him for the Raiders. Uh, and that's that what is. I explained. Like, don't be surprised if it's Brian Hoyer, but I would love to see Aiden O'Connell get a start. Same. Me too. But Winston would be our fa- no Dalton would be our favorite for this week. Dalton, Dalton for this week, yeah. but Winston has more long-standing appeal because David Carr is Derek Carr is week to week, right? And they it seems like Young will miss one more game and then hopefully be back in week five. He's not even guaranteed to miss this week, though. That's the other thing I keep. Okay, on. what about Kenny Pickett? Any interest in Kenny Pickett with Houston this week? Um, nope. I thought about it, but you know, again, he was so bad the previous two weeks that did he just get lucky with the matchup and? Is Houston still an easy matchup? Because they just made the Jaguars passing game look pretty silly. So the body of work, I think, for the last year plus, I'll lean toward Houston. This feels like just a slugfest between these two teams coming up. Don't let me and Heath talk about Trevor Lawrence. This is just going to end up in a fight. It's just it's just going to happen. All right. Fight. Note to self for tomorrow. Yeah. Don't let it, don't let it happen. But uh, if you... <laughs> The, you said the Texans made the Jaguars look pretty silly. There is, you know, they, they deserve some credit. The Jaguars also made themselves look pretty silly. A very 100%. sloppy, sloppy game for them. Uh, running backs, okay, shallow leagues, get Roshan Johnson, Zach Charbonnet, Tajay Spears. You can throw Tank Bigsby in there, uh, although he's like 57% rostered. Add Devon A-Chain. Jarek McKinnon, we haven't talked about him, Jamie. Jarek McKinnon's on your list. He caught two touchdowns. <laughs> He has five touches or less in each of the three games so far this season. Now, granted, one was a blowout. One was were two a blowout. No, one was a blowout um, against the Bears. But that's the upside of what he has of scoring touchdowns like that. We saw it at the end of last season when he had nine touchdowns over a seven-game stretch. So just if, he, if you need a running back to stash, I don't think he's a bad player to put on your bench in, in PPR. Could use him as a bi-week replacement. We know that in PPR, he's got a little bit of extra value because he'll catch passes. He uh, continues to dominate third, fourth down play for Kansas City. Do you think Zeke's going to score this week at Dallas? I don't know, and I really don't want to add Zeke, but he's coming off a game where he run ran the ball better than Ramondre Stevenson. His playing time was the highest that it's been in the three games, and it is against the Cowboys, who may have just gotten lucky with some of their opponents. Not that the Patriots are... Not an easy opponent, I think, but they're going to give him opportunities. And if you're desperate this week, it's more of a desperate play than anything else. But if you're desperate, you know, wouldn't be surprised if he falls in the end zone against his former team. All right. Kendry Miller is another guy you can stash. Melvin Gordon, we talked about, might have an opportunity this week against the Cleveland Browns, who so far have been very good. Yeah, it's not a great opportunity. Uh, wide receivers, Cortland Sutton in shallow leagues, Tutu Atwell, Romeo Dobbs, Adam Thielen. But the guy that we're really looking at is Tank Dell. 
And then we've laid it out with the Chargers guys. Johnston, more of the long-term play. Palmer probably going to help you more in the immediate future. You think uh, Josh Palmer will be in your top 36 this week at the end of the day? Yep. He's just outside for me, but he's in the conversation for a starter in three of series leagues for sure. Jamie likes Elijah Moore as a potential pickup. He is 62% rostered, but he's getting targets. He's got uh, seven or more targets in all three games. That's pretty significant. DJ Chark. Back, back games with nine. Yeah, pretty good, man. DJ Chark could help you out maybe this week. Marvin Mims, Jaden Reed, Rasheed Rice. I was pretty interested in Rasheed Rice. He had two almost touchdowns in this game uh, on Sunday, but uh, Jacob did point out that most of his playing time, or a lot of his playing time, came after Mahomes left. But I think they got to find something in that position. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I, has he not been their best wide receiver? I, I I find it hard to say he's not their be- He has not been their best wide receiver. He's stashable for sure. Yeah. Uh, Wondell Robinson, five targets and 11 snaps, playing, playing the Seahawks this week. I know you're not going to start him, but maybe get ahead of the game with Wandale. Michael Gallup as well. Any interest in Josh Downs, one guy we haven't talked about? He had 12 targets. Expanded role in a game against uh, Baltimore with Gardner Minshew under center. I'm a little bit worried about that target volume being there when it's Anthony Richardson. So PPR only, deepest of leagues. Did we mention Jamison Williams? No, he thinks for the millionth time over the last two years. Yeah, forty-six percent roster. It's a good call. What do you think? I, I think now's the time to stash him if you're going to stash him. Dan Campbell said that he was healthy, and so we'll see. We'll see how much they actually involve him in the offense when he does come off suspension. And the tight ends, Hunter Henry and Sam Laporta, might be available. Are we more keeping Henry, or or we're done with him? I don't want to judge a game where they. I think just decided they just need to be conservative and get their W against a team like the Jets in the rain. Mm. So the two previous games, I think, are are better indication of where he's at from a target perspective and a, and a catch and yard perspective. Forget about the touchdowns. So I'm going to hold Hunter Henry. Dallas and New Orleans, the next two matchups, either of those scare you? Yeah, New Orleans for sure. New Orleans, definitely. But again, you know, first game without Marcus May, they still won't have him back. And they did give up some nice production to Luke Musgrave. I'd try and flip him for whatever I could get first before sure. I'd cut him. Sam Laporta might be. I mean, if he's available, he he might be your number oh, one he lot, is. priority. I mean, he's only he's eighty two percent roster, so he's not that yeah. available. But. No, he he would be the third guy for me. H N Dell might be second. Yeah, get Laporta if he can. Jake yeah. Ferguson was number one for Jamie. I think he was number three or four for Dave. Dave likes who's number one for you? Musgrave. Musgrave. Luke Musgrave. So Ferguson, Musgrave, Gerald Everett, Zach Ertz, maybe not so much this week. Um, Tyler Conklin was on your list, Jamie. Any reason for that? Um, I took him off. Okay. Goodbye. Smart. And Logan Thomas. I mean, they really throw to their tight ends a lot in Washington. Right. Thomas it's Cole Turner until Thomas is healthy, and then Thomas when he gets back on the field. Facing the Eagles this week, Eagles give up the second most fantasy points to tight ends. That's misleading, though. It's TJ Hawkinson crushed them. And Hunter Henry, too. Kate Otten doesn't like that stat. Uh, and the Broncos are the top DST streamer this week. The Bengals, the Chargers, the oh, Colts. Any Trust. interest in the Seahawks against the Giants? Mild. I, I would take any of the other DSTs named ahead of them. Kickers, Jason Myers, Matt Gay. Matt Gay set a record with the most field goals of 50 or more yards in one game. Um, and Graham Gano and Blake Group. We think it's the group. Should look that up. Could we're, be Group A. We're not groupies. But 
one last look at the Twitter poll. How much of your original fab are you spending on Devon Achan? 33% say less than 40%. 26% say 80% or more. Wow. <laughs> and 25% wow. say 40 to 59%. 60 to 79% is what actually what I would go for, what I would vote. and That's not what I would go for on Fab. I would go for a lot less than that. But that only got 15.4%. So people are all over the map on this one. That's 876 votes. But you may not have to spend as much as I thought on Devon Achan. Unfortunately, it only takes one person in your league to spend right. a super lot of... A super... I'm going to end the show. Have a great day, everybody. We'll talk to you later. Super show on Fantasy Football Today.